Welcome to Word Mission Church International Podcast. Now the Word with Paul Mensah Wood. Oh my Lord and my God. Let's turn our Bibles to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. Glory be to the name of our Lord. The Bible says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Psalm 22 talks about, it's a prophecy about um, Jesus Christ, what was going to happen to him um, on the cross. Then Psalm 23, we are living in that psalm right now. It's a present day psalm. Psalm 24 is a prophecy about the second coming, mostly about the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you see, um, here he starts the psalm by saying, the Lord is my shepherd. Everyone shouted, the Lord is my shepherd. shepherd. Shout it louder, please. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. See, there are seven redemptive names by which God reveals himself in relationship, in his relationship to man. Quickly, we'll go through that um, here today, and then we'll continue as, as a man progresses. The first one is Jehovah Shammah. Jehovah Shammah, which is um, the Hebrew for the Lord is dead. The Lord is there. The Lord is there. The Lord is there. The Lord is present with you wherever you may be. Amen. Jesus said, I am with you always till the end of the age. And in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8, he talks about the fact that um, God speaking to the children of Israel, he says to them that he will, um, the, uh, and the Lord, he's the one who goes before you, he will be with you, he will not leave you nor forsake you, do not fear nor be dismayed. Sometimes it feels like you may be forsaken, but I can assure you by the word of the living God that God is with you all the time. He will never leave you nor forsake you in the mighty name of Jesus. There is another redemptive name, Jehovah Shalom, which is translated, the Lord is our peace. The Lord, our peace. Jesus said, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives. The peace, you see, peace can only be found in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is our peace. That's another redemptive name. And then three, Jehovah Ra, which is the one that we are talking about today. The Lord is my shepherd. He is our shepherd, he is our guide, he leads us and guides us through life. Then Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Abraham said when he went to that mountain, uh, um, Isaac was asking him, God, I mean, there's a sacrifice going to happen. Where is the lamb going to come from? Abraham responded and said, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide for himself. Amen. So that's another redemptive name. And then Jehovah Sidikeno, the Lord Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our banner of victory. Jesus is our banner on the cross. He purchased our redemption. He's our captain. And by the cross, he triumphed over principalities and powers. 
So that's another redemptive name. And then Jehovah, Jehovah, how many do you have? <laughs> I want to check if you are following or if you if you already gone home. <laughs> we have one, two, three, four, five. Jehovah Sidikenu, the Lord our righteousness. You see, Jesus Christ is our righteousness. He gives us the, re the redemptive name of being able to stand in God's presence as Jesus, our, our righteousness. He's the one that made the way for us to be able to come into God's presence. Then, the very last, the very last one is seven, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer, or the Lord, our physician. He made that covenant with the children of Israel. And all throughout the New Testament, we see that as well. So these are, when you talk about the word salvation, these are the seven redemptive names of God. And here, the psalmist talks about, the Lord is my shepherd. And in John chapter 10, Jesus talks about the fact that I am the good shepherd. But he continues this psalm, this beautiful psalm, and then he gets to a point, notice this, in Psalm 23. Follow this closely. He gets to this place in the psalm, and then he makes this statement. He says, verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And if you're online, please share this with someone. It, it can help someone. He says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, as we go through life, you see, whether you realize it or not, turn with me to 1 John chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5, verse 19. 1 John chapter 5, verse 19, he says, we know that we are of God. That's a, good, that's, that's a good place to be in, especially in these times. Who are you of? I know that I am of God. Not that I'm not sure. Not that maybe I'm uncertain about it. I am sure and I know that I am of God. And if you are watching or listening this morning, can you say that you are of God? Can you say that you are a child of God? Can you say that you belong to God? Because in the days and times ahead, you have to know who you are in Christ Jesus to be able to make it. But he makes this statement, he says, I know that we know that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. Adam sold out and now the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. So the psalmist uses this phrase and says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Whether you realize it or not, you are surrounded by wickedness. If God were to open your eyes to see what you are surrounded by, uh, it will drive you to pray more and more. The whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. He wants to devour. And sometimes as you go through life, you go through a valley. Sometimes you go through a season. He says that, notice, he says that I am going through the valley of the shadow of death. You see, when you are going through the valley of the shadow of death, that means that you are surrounded by spiritual death. But thank God you can make a choice, you can make a decision that I will not fear. Because the one who is with you is greater than anything in the valley. Hallelujah. You can make a choice and a decision that you will not throw in the towel.
You can make a decision and a choice that God is my shepherd and he is with me right there. But you see, this is the point and this is the place where so many people give up. In the valley of the shadow of death. Everybody wishes that they were on the mountaintop all the time. But you are not on the mountaintop all the time. <laughs> he says we go through the valley of the shadow of death. And sometimes in those seasons... There is a temptation to throw in the towel. There is a temptation to give up. Notice the life of Jesus Christ in, in, in the book of Luke. Luke chapter 4. He says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing, and afterward when they had ended, he was hungry. Why will God lead Jesus into the wilderness? I, you don't like the wilderness. Nobody likes the wilderness. There's nothing there. <laughs> Dry place. You might hear animals howling every now and then, but you are, you are, you are there on your own. <laughs> But Jesus, God is leading him there for a reason. And the Bible says he was tempted for 40 days. For 40 days. We only have the account when he had fasted and, and, and it was ended and the words that came after. 40 days. He had to pass the test that Adam failed. So every single day that he was there, he was tempted. That is why he is able, the Bible says, notice the Bible says, he, Bible make, the Bible makes this statement in Hebrews. Notice this, notice what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 18. Learn something please. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 18, he says this, For in that he himself has, has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. Sometimes when you are going through something, you, you think that, you see, it, it's only you. No, Jesus said that because he was tempted, Jesus has been down here before, whether you realize it or not. And he says that you being tempted, he's able to come to your aid because he knows. Because sometimes you can't get to the place where you, see, you, you, you tell yourself that what you are going through is just unique to you. Solomon put it this way in Ecclesiastes 1.9. He said there is nothing new under the sun. What has been before is what will be again. <laughs> so, 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 so before you get to the place of giving, don't give up. You see, when we read the Bible, we, sometimes, we, sometimes we think that these, these are uh, people that are way out there. They had their days also. Job, Job got to the point where he said, look, I wish I was not born. Cursed be the day that my mother gave birth to me. Jeremiah also got to the same place. He got so discouraged. He, was, he kept preaching and preaching and preaching. And the people, all they wanted to do was kill him. So why, why, what is all this trouble? <laughs> Cursed be the day that my mother was, gave birth to me. 
But later on, he rubbed, he got up from, from his de de despair and continued and got the job done. So Jesus was being tempted for 40 days. He didn't complain. He stood the test. And he says that now because he stood the test, he's able to come to your aid. And in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 4, 4, 15, he makes this statement. Thank you, Lord. He says this, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all point tempted as we are, yet without sin. Was in all points. Tempted as we are, yet he did not fail. He went through tests. He ran through trials. But thank God he prevailed. And because he, because he prevailed, you will also prevail. I said because he prevailed, you will also prevail. I said because he prevailed, you will also prevail. He is not a high priest who is not insensitive to what you are going through. The Bible says that he is touched with the feeling of our infirmity. That means that what you go through, he is also touched by it. Amen. Hallelujah. My Lord and my God, he is a compassionate high priest. I pray in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, you may be feeling down, you may be going through a dark valley, but thank God in the midst of the valley, the Bible says that make a decision not to fear because God is with you. And as God is with you, please don't camp in that valley you are only going through. Hallelujah. The Bible says he can sympathize. He was in all points. Your case is not special, please. No, 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 no. There is nothing new under the sun. <laughs> he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, notice this. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, he says, No temptation. I, I, like, I, like, I like it from the Amplified, the classic Amplified. He says this. Thank you, Lord. Let me read it from the classic Amplified. He says, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse, no temptation, no trial regarded as enticing to see to sin, no matter how it comes, or where, no matter how it comes, or where it leads, has overtaken you and laid on you that is not common to man. That is no temptation or trial has come to you that is beyond human resistance and that is not adjusted and adapted and belonging to human experience and such as man can bear. Oh, but the Bible says, but God is faithful. Shout it, God is faithful. Shout it, God is faithful. He says he's faithful to his word and to his compassionate nature and he can be trusted not to let you be tempted and tried and assayed beyond your ability and strength of resistance and power to endure. But with the temptation, he will also always also provide the way, the means of escape to a landing place that you may be capable and strong and powerful to bear up under it patiently. Hallelujah. 
God is faithful no matter the test, no matter the trial. He will make a way of escape. I am talking to somebody this morning. Oh my Lord and my God. It looks like there is no way out. But when the devil tells you that there is no way out, respond back and say, Jesus said, he is the way, the truth, and the life. And he will show me the way out. And in the name of the Lord Jesus, receive the wisdom you need for this season in Jesus' mighty name. If you believe that, say amen. amen. He will with the temptation show you a way out. With the trial show you a way out. The devil is the only one that will tell you that there is no way. But you see, all throughout our lives, we go through that wilderness sometimes. We go through that valley of the shadow of death, and in the valley of the through the valley of the shadow of death, the difference between you and the next person who is going to make it is when you choose to keep, keep your eyes on the Lord. Because so many times there is the temptation to keep your eyes on the circumstance. But if you can keep your eyes on God. I see you coming out victorious in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. I said, I see you coming out victorious in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Oh, my Lord and my God. In that wilderness, in the valley of, through the valley of the shadow of death, there are some choices, there are some decisions that you can make. One time, uh, you see, Jesus chose service and humility and obedience to God and that's how he was able to overcome when the devil said worship me he said there is no way I'm worshiping you today or tomorrow my eyes are on God and I choose is the one that I choose to worship one time Ruth uh, came to a very hard and a very difficult place and when she got to that place, uh, Naomi had made a journey to a foreign land and, and, and her sons had passed away and they were, she was only left with her daughters-in-law. And when she was leaving that place, she told, she told Ruth and Opa, he said, look, please go back to your people, go back to your country, go back to your, to your God. And these people said, and Oprah decided to go back, but Ruth made a statement, and that is a stance and a statement that you can choose to make as well in times of difficulty. You can make a choice and a decision to stand for God. She made a statement and she said, Oh, my Lord and my God. She said, she said this, uh, Naomi said to her, and said, and said, verse 15 said, and she said, Ruth 1 15, and she said, Look, your sister in law has gone back to her people and to her God. Return after your sister in law. But Ruth said, And treat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. And when she saw that she was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. In the valley of the shadow of death, in the wilderness, the devil is looking for you to worship him. Ruth said, look, 
I don't know what is ahead. And sometimes you don't, know how, 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 you don't have to know everything that is ahead. The Bible says that when God called Abraham, he left not knowing. He was believing and trusting God. So he, she, left, she said, look, I don't know what is ahead, but there is one thing that I do know that I do not want to go back to my God. I do not want to go back to the way that I used to be. I am going to choose God. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. She left not knowing what was going to happen. But the Bible says, when she got to that place, in her hard place, in her valley, in her wilderness, she chose, notice, she chose service. And she chose to maintain her purity and integrity before God. Notice what the Bible says in Ruth chapter 3 verse 10. Boaz said, then he said, Blessed are you, O Lord, my daughter, for you have shown more kindness at the end than at the beginning, in that you did not go after young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear, I will do for you all that you request, for all the people of my town know that you are a virtuous woman. You shown more kindness. You showed more kindness. You showed more kindness. She just was serving Boaz. And because she did, the Bible says, these people realize you are a virtuous person. Boaz said, I will do the right thing. She didn't know there was a Boaz ahead. All she was doing was following the God of Naomi. And when she did, eventually Boaz married her. They gave birth to Obed. They gave birth to, I mean, to Obed came Jesse and David. And if you read the genealogy of Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 1, just by that one decision, when she was in a hard place, she's one of the women listed in that genealogy. Hallelujah. In your hard place, always choose God. In your difficult season, always choose God. Make a decision that no matter what, I may not know everything, but this is one thing that I'm going to do. I am going to choose God. I will keep serving him. I will keep loving him. And as you do, I see God honoring you in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. As I, I said, as you do, I see God honoring you in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You can make a decision and a choice. If the children of Israel went through that wilderness, uh, you see, they could have taken a shorter route, which would have lasted when they left Egypt about 11 days. God said, no, these people, I know them. If, if I take them through this route, they see war. The very first word they see, they will say they are going back to Egypt. So instead of 11 days, let's take this other route. It wasn't meant to last 40 years. But these people, uh, every time uh, something came up, uh, God, uh, we need food. God gave, the Bible says that they ate the food of angels. God gave them manna, uh, gave them bread. They called it manna. Manna means what is this? <laughs> and after they ate manna for a little bit, they said, ah, we, we, where, is, where is the steak? Uh, if they were living there, they would say, where is the, 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 the steakhouse? We have been meeting manna every day. Why can we meet manna every day like that? Then God sent them quails. 
when they were thirsty, God, I mean, literally brought water out of the rock to feed them. But every time, most of the time, they were complaining. <laughs> they got Moses in trouble to the extent that Moses got angry with them and hit the rock when he was supposed to have spoken to it and because of that Moses did not enter the promised land but in the wilderness they could have chosen to look at God and to consider God there was a company of people Thank you, Lord. There was a company of people, um, when God chose the Levite, this is so important. When God chose the Levite, he gave them the responsibility uh, to take care of the tabernacle, all its implements, uh, as well as the Ark of the Covenant. Let's see how the, the Korah and, and this come of these people handled their wilderness experience. Only the descendants of Aaron were allowed to serve as priests. And, Co and Levi had three sons, Gershon, Merari, and Kohath. The Gershonites were responsible for the care of the tabernacle and the tent. All the, all the, the coverings, the curtain of the entrance to the tent of meetings, the curtains of the courtyard, the curtains of the entrance to the courtyard surrounding the tabernacle and altar and the rose, and everything related to the ayur. The Merites were appointed to take care of the frames of the tabernacle, its crossbars, posts, bases, all its equipment, and everything related to their use, as well as the posts of the surrounding courtyard with their bases, tent pegs, and ropes. The Korahites were responsible for the care of the sanctuary. They were responsible for the care of the ark, the table, the lampstand, the altars, the articles of the sanctuary used in ministering, the curtain, and everything related to their use. It's like the body of Christ. We are in the body of Christ. Everybody has a place in the body of Christ. There is nothing like anybody in, in the body of Christ who doesn't have the, the, their place. But unlike the Gershonites and the Merites who are allowed to transport their, 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 their items under their, their care on carts, the Kohai had to carry their items, the holy things of the tabernacle, on their shoulders. They had the arduous burden of transporting these items from place to place as the camp moved, but they were not allowed to actually touch the items or they would die. The priests had to wrap the sacred object in special coverings before they were transported in Numbers chapter 4 verse 15. So many of the Kohatites began to disdain this task and to covet the role of the priest. Remember they are all in the wilderness. And this is their place. So one day they came against Moses in Numbers chapter 16. And, and they, they made a statement. You see, they were not satisfied with what God had given them. And sometimes that's what causes the issues. In the valley of the shadow of death. They were not pleased. Look, why should we be the ones to carry the ark on our shoulders? We can also serve as priests. Why can we not also serve as priests? We are, we, we, we are going to also serve as priests. So they came against Moses and said, 
The Bible says, verse number 16:2, it says, And they rose up before Moses with some of the ch ch children of Israel, 250 leaders of the congregation, representatives of the congregation, men of renown. They gathered together against Moses and said, You take too much upon yourself. For all the congregation is holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Why then do you exalt yourself above the assembly of the Lord? Moses and Aaron didn't exalt themselves. God put them there. These people said, no, you are taking too much on yourself. We can also be priests. Why should we be the ones carrying the things when you are exerting and lording it over the people? Verse 9, Moses said, Is it a small thing to you that the God of Israel has separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself to do the work of the tabernacle of the Lord and to stand before the congregation to serve them? Is it a small thing? You see, they didn't like what they were doing. They, th they thought it's a small thing. They, I mean, carrying, car carrying, carrying the ark from place to place on our shoulders, taking care of the sanctuary. Working in God's house, doing all these things. We should also serve as priests. Some people joined them and in, that, in one day, the earth opened up its mouth and 250 people. Gone is. But the Bible says, listen to this. The sons of Korah did not join in that rebellion. They're all in the wilderness. And when they did not join in that rebellion, God honored them. In Numbers 26, 9 to 11, they said, no, we, we, please, don't mix us into what our fathers did. You see, sometimes that some of the bad advice that comes to you might come from people who are close to you. They said, look, we, we, we didn't join in this. <laughs> when they were doing that, we, we, we stayed away. Now, Several years, we must get to the place where we say, Oh Lord and my God, during this wilderness experience, I will look to you. After seven successive generations, the prophet arose, Samuel arose from the line of Korah, of the sons of Korah. When, when their father was, was, was wanting the priesthood, I don't think that he thought that through his line, a mighty prophet like Samuel will come. It's in the genealogies. First Chronicles chapter 6, verse 31 to 38. The part of the Bible that you skip, you skip over, it's there. <laughs> when you get the son of this, the son of this, let's move to something else. Let's get rid of it. <laughs> it's there. It says Samuel was that was that came from that line. When they were complaining and murmuring, they didn't realize that something God was up to something good. You see, you can misjudge the seasons of your life. The Kohathites later on became doorkeepers and custodians of the tabernacle and out of them came great leaders of worship in, the, in David's time and 11 of the Psalms uh, 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 that are attributed to the sons of Korah some of these are beautiful Psalms that we sing they express a spirit of gratitude and humility to an awesome God Remember Psalm 42, verse 1? As the deer 
panted for. The water so my soul. They were written by the sons of Korah. My singing ability is coming up. <laughs> Beautiful Psalms. Psalm 42, Psalm 44 to 49, Psalm 84 to 85, Psalm 87 to 88. Psalm 84 verse 1 says, How lovely is your dwelling place, O God. Psalm 46, 1 to 3. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way. They must have remembered that. And the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with surging. They said, look, when our father, father did that, we weren't part of it. In that same wilderness, some people made a choice and a decision. For each one of us, our songs of renewed purpose, of renewed purpose and redemption should flow out of a heart of humility as we remember the falling state that God took us from and how far he has brought us. I pray in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, that we will not be complainers and memorers, but we will be people that are full of gratitude and we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and say, oh my Lord and my God, see how far you have brought me. Even though I am going through the valley of the shadow of death, I refuse to sit down here. I will walk through that valley because I know you are bringing me into a land flowing with many milk and honey. Instead of complaining and grumbling, I accept and the place that you have for me in this season and in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, I will do my very best for the Lord. I choose to serve you and I choose to obey you in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. One time, thank you Lord, Joseph, look at somebody like Joseph. Joseph went through a difficult, difficult seasons in his life. One time he had a dream and he saw his brothers bowing down to him. And then his brothers began to challenge him. What? We are going to bow down to you. It will never happen as long as we live. We are not bowing down to you today or tomorrow. So Joseph ended up in the pit. What do you think is going, in, going on in his mind when he's in the pit? I didn't see any pit when I dreamt. He was sold as a slave into Egypt. But the Bible says that God was with him. He ended up in Potiphar's house and through him the whole house became blessed. And through no fault of his, he ended up in prison. What do you think is going through his mind when he's in prison. I didn't see any prison in the dream. It's, what, it's not part of it. <laughs> ah, what? Do, no, no, this is not part of it. This is not part of it. I'm in this prison. I, I don't see my brothers here. And so I'm not going to serve today or tomorrow, do anything here for anyone. 
my brothers are not here. They are not going to bow down to me. So <laughs> there is, there, there is no, I'm not going to serve. But notice, I'm, we are making a point that in your wilderness, in your hardest place, you can always make a choice and a decision to serve the Lord. Notice what, what, what Joseph did. In Genesis chapter 39, thank you Lord, verse 21, he says this, But the Lord was with Joseph. That's what makes the difference. Even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for God is with me. Consider who is with you. And showed him mercy. Genesis 39, 21. And gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Jesus' hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him and whatever that he did, the Lord made it prosper. Hallelujah. He refused to have a negative attitude. He refused to have bitterness and unforgiveness take him over and as a result, he said, I am, I mean, I am in prison. Uh, my brothers are not here. There is no bowing down inside, but I'm going to remain faithful. Amen. I am not going to give up. The Bible says, you see, when the blessing of God is on your life, it doesn't matter. Oh, as long as the blessing of God is on your life, you will see the hand of God at work in your life. This week we were reading the Bible together as a family, and we got to uh, Philemon. And we were, we, we, I, I had not noticed this before. Paul was writing the letter from prison, and he was talking about Onesiphorus. He said, this person is my son right here in prison. If you are a child of God, no matter where you are put, he will turn the prison into a church. Amen. Hallelujah. They thought they had him captive. I said, my God, they have this person in prison, but he's still giving back to the children spiritually. You can't lock down anyone who is blessed. No, you are wasting your time. <laughs> the blessing will take over. He said whatever he did, it was committed into his hand. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, oh, it may seem like your dream will never come to pass. But in the name of the Lord Jesus, ask, don't let the negative forces take you over. Instead, consider that God who is with you. Have a positive attitude and continue to be faithful and serve. And in the name of Jesus, as you do that, I see God coming through for you. I said, I see God coming through for you. I said, I see God coming through for you. Amen. He could have said, look, when those, when those two other prisoners came and said, in, interpret our dream for us. Because I me interpret dream for you. you. You and I will all stay here forever and ever. I'm not interpreting anything. We are going to be here this whole time. Me interpret for you and you go. No, we are all going to be here. No interpret interpretation of dreams today. Not today. Not happening. <laughs> oh, but thank God. He had a positive attitude. Thank you, Lord Jesus. John chapter 6. Oh, my Lord and my God. 
one time Jesus and his disciples, we are talking about what do you do? What do you do? Jesus, in a time of when it seems like nothing is happening, Jesus had been preaching and ministering for a whole day. Oh, sometimes I feel like Jesus. Under the teaching, and you can, I, sometimes you think I preach long. You, you wait till you, you are in a camp meeting with Jesus. Under the anointing, sometimes you realize, oh, what time is it? The time is already gone. Under the anointing, you are fed by God and you forget about hunger, you forget about everything. So he had been teaching these people for a whole day. They forgot that they were hungry. When you are in God's presence, you don't, hunger doesn't mean anything. Oh, my Lord, thank God for Jesus Christ. Thank God for the word of God. Then Jesus Christ said, look, he asked this in, in, in the other account. He said, you people, give, he said to his disciples, give these people something to eat. And in John chapter 6, the account says, let's, let's go there, notice something here. He says this, uh, he said, then Jesus, verse 5, lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? He asked where. You see, in the wilderness, you have to always consider Jesus. You always have to consider God. He asked where. Uh, these people, uh, I, mean, I mean, Philip responded. He said, he said this to test him. Philip responded and said, look, even if we work, a whole, I, I mean, the wages of, of a lot of people, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for every one of them. Jesus asked where he responded and the first thing he has on his mind is money. No, that's the wrong place to start. Consider Jesus. And so he's looking at it, you see, and then Andrew responded and came back and said, look, there is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? You can choose to be a, like a, a disciple like Philip or a disciple like Andrew. It's up to you. You can think possibility. You can think in terms of God's supply and God's provision. Or you can look at the circumstance from the natural standpoint and shut God out. May you not shut God out in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. I said, may you not shut God out in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. And you said, he was thinking, there is a lot here. There is something that we can always do. You see, sometimes you get to the place where you say, oh, what would my, my little gift do for the Lord Jesus? What, 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 what would my, my little talent, as I put it into the hands of God, what, would, what difference would it make? The Bible says that Jesus, he himself knew what he would do. You see, knowledge of what to do is what puts you in command. 
everybody may be scrambling not knowing what to do oh but if you are willing to cooperate with god in the mighty name of the lord jesus in the wilderness there might seem that there is no way of escape but i can assure you by the word of the living god that there is always a way jesus said let let the people sit down everybody may be panicking oh but not jesus he knows where the supply is going to come from let the people sit down. Oh, my Lord and my God. I sense in my spirit that somebody is at a difficult place. It seems like there is no way out. But in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, my Lord and my God. It may be a family situation. It may be a health situation. It may be a financial situation. It may be an issue with your mind. But in the name of the Lord Jesus, as you look to the Lord, I see God delivering you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let the people sit down. Let them relax. There is always a way out. One time, there was a certain man. His name was Dale Carnegie, the American millionaire. He got to a place. He was ready to give up. He was ready to throw in the towel. So he decided, you see, sometimes he said, the little boy could have said, what would my little fool do? Because sometimes we say that. What would my little talent do? What would my, my finances do? What, what, and you see, little put into the hands of Jesus becomes much. This day, he was going to kill himself. Then when he was going, he saw somebody without legs. The Bible says that when Jesus took those things, the first thing he did was he gave thanks. This person was, was on a scooter, and he called Mr. Dale and, and, and Mr. Carnegie and said to him, look, I want to sell you pencils. He said, I don't have any use for pencils. What good is it going to do for me now? He kept following him for two blocks. I'm, I want to sell you these pencils. Then he finally, out of frustration, gave him a dollar. Just, just, just take this dollar, I mean, and, and let's forget about this. Then, when he gave him the dollar, the pet, and he started going off, and he ran on the scooter and, and followed him and said, look, you forgot your pencil. I, you need, I, I, I'm giving, uh, you, you paid for the pencil, take your pencil. Then all of a sudden, he had a light bulb moment. He said, take your pencil or your money. And he had a light bulb moment, and when he had that moment, he said, look, this person is disabled. He's at the point, he's, he's, I'm actually better off than him. But he's at the point, he's not going, he's, not, he's actually trying to make, to make a living by selling pencils. He's not trying to beg. How much more me? That was the point. He said, no, I'm not going to take my life. If this person that is sitting down here is trying to do something in his, with his life and not having a pity party, I am not going to have a pity party either. Sometimes you get to the place of hopelessness. Sometimes you get to the place where it, there is no way out. In that moment, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, lift up your eyes and look to the cross of Jesus Christ. 
lift up your eyes and look to Jesus, your deliverer. In that wilderness, in that place where you say, I am going to throw in the towel, I am going to give up. If God was going to do it, he would have done it by now. No, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, do not give up Jesus. In Jesus Christ, there is hope for you. Oh, my Lord and my God, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Jesus took daughter food and multiplied it. What if the young man has said, I'm not going to give this up. It is nighttime. If you want food, go to the nearest restaurant and get some for yourself, but not mine today. <laughs> but he was willing to yield it up. And when the fragments were taken, who do you think would take that home? I mean, he'll be willing to share with some people. He'll say, hey, please, bring it here. I, it started with me. Maybe you'll, you'll share with others. When I go to heaven, I'll look for him. What did you do with those fragments? But you see, it makes all the difference your perspective. It makes all the difference how you look at things. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus that in this season, may you consider God. I said in this season, may you consider God. God will come through for you. He is your shepherd. He is ever present with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. So let's look at some vital keys. What we can do as we go through the wilderness, as we go through the valley of the shadow of death, the first thing is, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Don't let negative forces enter your heart. No, 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 no. Proverbs chapter 4, notice this. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 he says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. The forces of life come from your heart, from the inside. Faith comes from there. Love comes from there. The power of God is going to come from there. So he says, with all diligence, keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it springs the issues of life. Keep your heart with all diligence. Out of it springs the issues of life. Don't let negative things come into your heart. Unforgiveness, bitterness, all these negative forces. No, no, no. Let faith come out. Let love come out. Let the goodness of God come out. Begin to remember the goodness of God. My Lord and my God, remember the God. When Jesus took that, 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 that meal, he didn't look at it and say, well, like have the attitude of the disciple. What is this? What are we going to do? This is a lot of people. We need a, a whole, I mean, all these wages to feed, feed these people. No, 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 no. When he took it, I pray that will be your attitude. Of generosity and thanksgiving in this season. Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you. 
God, your heart. Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you for my wife. I thank you for my children. I thank you for my church family. I thank you for my pastors. I thank you, oh God. Oh, if you're the people that I work with, uh, in the name of the Lord Jesus, sometimes they are torn in my flesh, but Lord, I thank you for their life because they don't know what they are doing. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. I'll pray for them. Father, I thank you. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. The only reason not to praise God is when you do not have bread. But actually, if you woke up this morning, it's a reason to thank God. There are all these challenges, these miracles that you believe God for, but you are still here. A living dog, Ecclesiastes says, a living dog is, uh, is better than a dead lion. There is hope for you. So the fact that God caused you to see this day, He's not charging you for the oxygen. Father, I thank you. I give you the praise. I give you the glory. I don't have tubes in my nose this morning. If you have tubes in your nose, God will heal you. But even then, still thank God. You are still here. I'm still here. I thank God. My life is in your hands. I yield my life to you. He thanked God first. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Don't complain too. Don't complain and memo. It's a very terrible thing to do. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10.1, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the, drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. That's why Moses got into trouble. It's not just an ordinary rock following them around. But with most of them, God was so well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things became our examples to the intent that we should not last after evil things as they also lasted. And do not become idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and, to, and drink and rose up to play. Nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did, and in one day 23,000 fell. Nor let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Nor complain, as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Then when it gets to 13, that's where we started earlier. Don't be a complainer and a memorer. It says tempt Christ. That rock that followed them. Look at the spiritual environment that they are in. They drank from the same place. The Red Sea was parted. They were all baptized into the cloud and into the sea, which is a type of a water baptism and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So mighty miracles. But when they came down to earth, because of their complaining and their memory, they did not enter the promised land. They perish in the wilderness. May you not perish in the wilderness in Jesus' name. Amen. I said, may you not perish in the wilderness in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. He said, this is written for example. These were the people of God. Did the promised land belong to them? 
the land flowing with milk and honey. But every day, if the sun comes, it's too hot. If, if the fire comes, it's too hot. If the cloud comes, it's too cold. Or whatever the complaint is for the day. <laughs> when it's summer, I wish it's winter. When it's winter, I wish it's summer. Which one do you want? <laughs> anyway, I'm just joking. You like fall. <laughs> Father, I thank you. I'm alive. I have a place to sleep. I have a car to drive. I, 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 have, a, I have a work to go to. I believe you, you sent me the right job. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. When I drive on these roads, you protect me. He says, no temptation. Nothing has come that is not common to man. First Peter 5, verse 8 and, and 9, he says that, look, the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. No case is special. The devil will try to tell you your case is a special case. But in the name of the Lord Jesus, I have come to announce to you by the word of the living God. Your case is not a special case. And I see God coming through for you in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. And then finally, Philippians 4, 6. Pray. 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 If you have time to worry, you have time to pray. Pray with thanksgiving and let the peace of God guard your heart and your mind. In the name of the Lord Jesus, can you imagine Jesus Christ getting up in the morning and he's all frantic and saying, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Or he gets ready to sleep at night and he says, what are we going to do the next day? No, 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 no. He's in control. He's in command. He says he was tempted. We are back where we, I like how the Spirit of God does. We are back where we started again. In all points. So he was also tempted to worry, wasn't he? He was also tempted to fret. He was tempted to be anxious. Is he not the one we are trying to be like? Are you trying to be something different? No, we are trying to be like Jesus. I pray in the name of Jesus, may his peace be yours. I said, may his peace be yours. I said, may his peace be yours. Even in the valley of the shadow of death, make a choice, make a decision not to fear. It's a choice. When fear tries to come on you, say, fear, I resist you. Worry, I resist you. I refuse to worry over anything. Instead, the Lord is my shepherd. I will thank him and give him praise. He makes me lie down in green pastures. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In the midst of it, I will hold on to my God. I will not let anything take me out of that path. And as you do, your best days are here. I said your best days are here. I said your best days are here. My Lord and my God, I've done like Jesus. I don't know where the time went. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We trust this podcast was a blessing. Subscribe for more messages like these. If you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, we would love to hear from you. Email us at info at wordmissionchurchinternational.org. We will love to equip you in daily walk, so sign up for devotionals and encouragement at www.wordmissionchurchinternational.org. You may reach us at 719 235 5535.